Hello and welcome back to Blacker Couch Reviews. I'm your host Christina. We're back to discuss the sixth episode in the miniseries, The Fall of the House of Usher, written by Rebecca Lee Klingle and Mike Flanagan, who also directed this episode. I would say this episode is very much in tone with the character that we focused on, which was Tamerlane who I feel internally is very self-reflective, yet none of that is reflected on the outside of her persona. So we get a bit of an insight of really some self-analyzation and reconciliation more so than any other character, I think. Well, I'll take that back. I think the guilt of killing Allie literally drove Victorine insane. Her conscience was never going to allow her to continue on knowing what she did because she had a similar facade of being far more tougher on the exterior than she was. And it's interesting that they're portraying the elder children as not quite as reckless and and uh, stubborn and not listening to what to what homegirl is trying to get them to see or at least come to some peace with before they make their final destination it would make sense when you're younger you feel more invincible and as if Ain't nobody going to tell me nothing. <laughs> you ain't going to tell me about myself. Whereas Tamerlan's like, you know what? This shit is on me. Fuck it up. Fuck it up. Don't give a shit anymore. Fuck it up. Fuck it up. Flip the table. Screw you up. Before we jump into the review, wherever listen to this podcast, Podbean, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever good podcasts can be found, go down to the rating section, drop some stars, leave a review. My social media will be there as well. Like, share, subscribe. And if you want to send any feedback, blackercouch at gmail.com or you can leave a comment below. We have been hearing about Goldbug all season and today is Tamerlan's day, except it's the worst fucking days of her life leading up to. And I can't believe the whole entire event just wasn't canceled. <laughs> you cannot tell me that event would not have been in doctrine with the trashes of all trash type of magazines and news outlets wanting the dirt on one thing and one thing only and it's not going to be gold bug <laughs> it's a salacious tale uh murder suicide tamerlin does learn about victorine's death but we never actually see her being told but i'm gonna think it had something to do with the moment i'm gonna guess here between when she started to revise and when she got a little crazy with that marker. That is just a guesswork. I'm going to start with her character, even though she is the one that died this week, because she has 
an issue we all struggle with, which is I just want to go to sleep. By the end of the episode, she wanted a dirt nap, in my humblest of opinions. <laughs> I think it's very appropriate that she died in the place that she desired the most because she is not sleeping well. We knew the insomnia was bothering her from the previous couple of episodes because Bill brought it up. She's broken up with him. She's by herself. She's preparing for the wellness package to be released. I like the little details to show how insomnia works. One, she's hallucinating seeing herself because she's losing track of time and her own actions. She makes some tea, but it's already off of the stove by the time she hears the whistle. The moment she takes out the green dress and she goes in and puts on a robe and takes out or there's a black dress on there. And then she falls asleep into the mirror, literally. And then she writes a whole bunch in red marker to fuck Bill because in this moment, I think she needs him more than ever. And he's not here due to her own insecurities. Unfortunately, since this family does not at all do <laughs> support or comfort, have some words of empathy come together due to the shock of the events, she's left alone in this huge place. All she can focus on all she's allowing herself to focus on is Goldbug. And even it is not what she wants because she didn't want to be the face in front of. She wanted Bill to do that because she consistently finds more comfort within herself, uh, within her, like she's behind a wall, behind a moat. <laughs> behind uh, a steel a steel um cage I don't know but she's very I can't help but think where her mother is Annabelle because she was such a good mom and it feels as if she lacks that maternal presence in her life particularly the scene when she's talking to Madeline and Madeline reaches out with physical contact and the way she urges towards it and that approval, she's been deprived of that. And that is the true crime of Roderick and Verna, not only Ligadone and the effects of that, but one can argue if not Roderick and <laughs> Roderick and Madeline, there'd be someone else pushing the same drug, the drug is out there. Legally or illegally, people are going to get their hands on it and it's going to cause a lot of death. But that's neither here nor there. I think the true crime against nature, because that is terrible, don't get me wrong, but I also feel, I'm, I'm not even going to go down that dark rabbit hole <laughs> of how 
the darkness sometimes is a necessary evil for other reasons but i'm glad that there are people out there like augie that stop them from becoming the ultimate evil how but that that, but there's that's such a complicated thing with with drug company too because there's what they do and what they don't do it's it's complicated okay it's not a black and white issue even though they prominently focus on the drug like uh i think it was leo he had monty we got this episode froderick using a drug from the company uh, uh, some type of derivative of ligadone we also had i think tamerlan taking because she took an ambien a melatonin i'm like girl those two things are not going to work together <laughs> taking more sleeping pills to sleep is not how you get yourself to sleep even i know that all right <laughs> unless you want to take a permanent one because that's exactly how these overdoses happen with these celebrities they start mixing shit together and then they can't sleep because they're insomnia because they're taking this so they then try to take counterbalance pills and say no that doesn't doesn't do your body any good but seeing her beg to just sleep had me very empathetic i found myself very empathetic towards tamerlan as a whole because she was neglected at some point in regards to the love that she should have naturally been given the guidance and that she had someone in her life that was that at some point makes it all the more tragic and that froderick not froderick roderick did at some point love her and this gold bug we find out is her way of stepping out of the shadow of both her father and her aunt and doing something that actually does stick to what his her father used to believe in which was changing the world that was never ever madeline's goal but roderick himself really did want to be the hero really did want to do the right thing and unfortunately that sister of his (laughs) already has firmly the other side of the person that he could be and that is who he ended up becoming but he was at some point at a precipice where he could have chosen something precipice chosen something else uh, bill comes to visit her because he of course is like let's set our shit aside <laughs> um i love you i care about you you have not been sleeping and this is the fourth family member that has died and despite tamerlan being the one like oh they're the bastards she doesn't make that remark at all she doesn't dismiss victorine as if she wasn't her actual sister it was more like victorine's dead what happened to happen 
I don't have time to think about or process that right now. And Bill's like, yeah, that's the problem. Stop it. Get some help. Unfortunately, due to her insomnia, the last word she said to him was to leave his keys because she never loved him, which was hurtful. But afterwards, she apologizes. She says that she's scared. She doesn't know what to do and why this brand means so much to her. But he's already gone. It's too late. She missed her opportunity to say what she needs to say, to feel the way she needs to feel, to accept being vulnerable, truly. Then she goes to her father, except he's not there. Deadbeat dad. He's sounding like a whack job in his office, carrying around an ancient Egypt weapon. <laughs> but she does have a conversation finally with mrs usher juno and we have heard her be the harshest to juno literally calling her it why is it speaking but when she's approached by her she takes the time because she herself needs that intimacy that thing that makes us human <laughs> and being close and near one even if it is the person she dislikes the most. And let's just keep it real and a hundred percent. There is no child ever that's going to accept Juno walking up in any type of Juno walking up in their house with their daddy. That could be their daddy. Like, what, what the fuck are you doing here? Because honestly, the only reason anyone is going to believe is that you came for the money it's also disgusting and since you have loved your father longer it's easier to take your disgust and anger disappointment out on her i kind of got the passive aggressive feelings even though i felt bad for juno however <laughs> once again when she's alone with her she actually listens to her own feelings of loneliness and tries to offer her the the very um it's the word i'm looking for not stale even though it feels as if it is like it, it's something she hasn't used she's not good at it like um i'm sorry he doesn't call you it's <laughs> like you just lost four family members in a week and a half you must not be okay but she doesn't allow herself to be comforted in that moment. And she walks out and then she has the conversation with Madeline, who is also disgusted with Roderick right now, but for totally different reasons. And tells Madeline that she is the the saving ticket. She Madeline in this moment is kind of blowing smoke up her ass, propping her up to save really the company. 
in the company's image. And now we see what her interests in those children were. They weren't because, <laughs> because um, she genuinely cared about them. It's because they were pretty much heirs to the legacy. And as long as there's a legitimate heir, that's a card she can play. Ugh. But their conversation was hilarious when it came to why do men want children? Why do they always want children? When they're young, they think they're immortal. They want to fuck. And they realize they're going to die. They want to fuck. Fuck it right in the pussy. I mean, I think it's true. I think the world would literally be ending and the guy would be like, let me just hit it real quick. <laughs> Let's go out and enjoy. Uh, yeah, the, the way in which though Madeline continues to rather resent, I wouldn't say she hates men because she admitted that she was married, her first husband. And if there was a first, that means there was a second, third and a fourth that he wanted children, even though she was in love with him. And that's something she was not willing to give, but it kind of points to Madeline being the smarter. I'm making a deal with the devil, but I'm not going to offer the devil any more than what I had at the time in which we made the deal. Roderick went the fuck out there and spread his seed everywhere and now that the deal with the devil is coming, he's got so much more to actually lose versus Madeline chose not to. And I don't know if she did it just because whatever deal they made with the devil that I still don't know what that deal was, but it clearly has something. That I think at this point we realize it has something to do with kids. Or if she just genuinely was never in the into the idea. And I think that also is probably more into it like i'm willing for roderick to take that risk i'm not going to <laughs> but it's also a responsibility i can't help but but think that even though she always took a always looking down on look for annabelle like yeah you're just a mother <laughs> uh you you don't have any agency you're a disappointment to what your gender should be she just always felt as if that was somehow a cop-out i don't know what the right word is for that but she didn't respect being a mother as something that is admirable in comparison to her own lofty goals anyway and thus, she tells her to break both legs. She goes out there, first hallucinating seeing Verna, then hallucinating, because she was able to bring it back from there, and I was kind of proud of her. And then you saw poor Juno trying to support her too, even though Roderick's not even there. That's because <laughs> Madeline thinks he's dead in the basement. <laughs> unfortunately when the presentation comes on she thinks that she's seen one of their sex tapes 
What is up with the lick the armpits? Then just start licking her ass. Apparently that's something she enjoyed watching. <laughs> Was her husband eat out other women's assholes? Which is just a hilarious little tidbit. She ends up taking the microphone stand saying fuck you to Juno. And because they have never been on great terms, this feels intentional when she throws it and knocks poor homegirl the fuck out. Damn! I should not have laughed, but she was so out cold. Then she goes home. That's when Verna tells her, hey, I'm giving you this one opportunity for you to finally breathe to, uh, to basically be honest with yourself. And she ends up doing so. She's like, maybe you should call Bill. It did look like she left him a message. Even though she said you should call him. It looked like when she got home, she actually did say, I fucked up. I, I really messed up this time. And I'm sorry. Which he really did deserve. Uh, Verna brings up the fact that she absorbed her twin in the womb. I didn't know that. And how she might be in the back of her head controlling her actions, which is like, no, that would be a great excuse for you. And you would love to think I'm just after you for this, that, and the other thing. But honey, like even the way she kept saying, sweetie, she was offering that maternal that maternal hand, that maternal voice of, I just want you to relax. Just relax. Make some peace with what you want <laughs> or with what your life has become. And that's when she says, yeah, I fucked it all up. I, me, myself, and I fucked it all up. And that's when she says this next part is not your fault and it's not personal. And she says, all I want to do is, and when she looks up, she ends up hitting the glass. And sh that was a beautiful shot of the glass coming down on top of her. And she's impaled. And she finally at least gets that sleep that she so desperately craved. What else happened in this episode? The other little bit loose strings. Let's talk about the growing disturbing situation happening on castle roderick's front lenore is wondering where the doctors and the specialists are while her father plays bowling disregarding the fact that his wife has been sitting in her soiled garments for probably a day or two and that no one has been there to check up on her or I don't know, change her, her dressings. Lenora's watching movies with her. She speaks to her because she's like, I love you. She's so excited to go tell her father, but he's unconcerned. Kind of tells her, let me worry about it. And then she tries to say, I'm sorry about Aunt Vic because she finds out about it on the news. Frederick is out of control. She wasn't a real usher. Man, fuck you, motherfucker. Let me tell you something. Yo, father cares more about the last four people that have died 
before he cared about you. He wouldn't even bother to check up on you when Lenora showed up at the office like something's off with daddy. Well, it's a fucked up world. Everything's off. And we didn't think that Froderick was the worst, right? Because we saw him building ships with his daughter in a jar. It felt as if he, whatever he had done or whatever he failed at as an usher, he was excelling at as a, as a, as a father, at least as a family person. But no, he's trash to the end. Cause the minute that, that it just tells me that that was an illusion to please his father by being a, a, a good parental figure to being a good father figure to his grandchild his favorite as he calls her yeah all of that was just a facade as well a veneer to to really conceal the lazy insecure little man that he is who who only can say to his daughter who's scared uh, I'll make sure you're taken care of okay but Aunt Vic well she wasn't a real usher and she was ambitious and when you're ambitious that can get you you know killed are you kidding me it's almost like he's making a justification for his own ineptness and then he goes to his wife Maury and says well she took Allie with her and that goes to show you never could really know someone. And then he tells her to go to school. And she's like, no, I want to stay with mommy. <laughs> He's like, no, no, no. I need you actually out of here because she needs to, to rest up. So she goes to visit her grandpa. And unfortunately, her grandpa is, he is cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. <laughs> He's, he's not very steady. He's not very steady right now. And quite frankly, seeing you're losing three children and then seeing another child stab themselves. Yeah, I I have a feeling. <laughs> and my guess is if if I'm just, this is just a, a speculation, is that he probably grew disinterested in his children the more he had. But considering Vic is third, I can, I can, and she had things that would, would help further the idea of changing the future that he had a special investment in Vic. And so he did take that, not only just seeing his own child take their life. I think that he genuinely had a more caring relationship with, um, but Victorine, I mean, I didn't even see him with any of the other characters, right? Uh, other than to tell his son he's a piece of shit and Perry's death is on him. Camille, he barely mentioned. Uh, Leo, barely mentioned, other than his son was like him. But Victorine, he's visibly shaken. This motherfucker, Froderick, is bumping coke and using something from the lab to keep his wife physically trapped inside of her body so that she can hear and see him, but not, but cannot speak or move. Move. That's the word I was looking for. 
And I saw some motherfuckers online thinking that this was somehow karmatic justice. What the fuck is wrong with you as a person? And some guys wonder why they dicks stay consistently only in their hand. What? I don't care what Maury may have thought to do that night. I don't think she gets a free pass. I think the punishment was fucking getting all of your skin burned off. I think that's the karmic justice that came at you. Okay, you want to divorce her because you think she was fucking someone else or fucking Perry? Fine. You want to be passive aggressive or angry about her or about it? Fine. Taking her out of the hospital, leaving her open to infection to suffer and torture her while your baby in the house? No tape around his body. Verna's gonna handle him because everyone else they were more a product of their circumstance and just but this this guy right here is very purposely being vindictive vicious and evil there's no other word for it this is evil this woman is suffering and the only reason why she can't call up for help or that you see her visibly in that is because he's paralyzed her. That, uh, no, no. Ain't no cheating. Get the fuck out of here. No. Not to mention she didn't even cheat. <laughs> she had a, a, a consideration of cheating. Okay? That's called looking across the street being like, ooh, I really want to fuck her. And maybe going over to say hi. Or walking past. Who's to say you're going to turn around and be like, hey girl, let me get your number. Maybe you're just going to keep walking. Be like, you know what? That was stupid. I wouldn't. I, I don't know what I was even thinking for that second going over there. That's the mo that's where she was at as far as crimes go. So there, there's no excuse for any male trying to put it out there that this is somehow justified. And it's sad that that needs to be a statement <laughs> that people <laughs> reminds me of Bill Burr being like, why do we need to still keep seeing the domestic violence? Yeah, because some people still don't get it. They don't. I mean, there are a lot of thick motherfuckers out there. So back to this asshole. I think that's for the most part all he did this episode. With poor girl running around going, what do I do? There's no adults around <laughs> to go to. Madeline and Roderick. Roderick knows what's going on and he just refuses, refuses to even step into reality. What did he tell? And I know I can tell when they're quoting just because the language feels very much not like language anyone would use <laughs> I've been called madness but madness is many things I was like okay I could tell you dropping some some po lines but he said the same thing I'm in a dream within a dream 
he he ain't coming to reality he don't want to come to reality right now you're gonna have to hold the line because he is talking to his dead children who are telling him his grievances which is something that augie asked like how you know what was going on in these private conversations your daughter was alone well they told me yeah because they've been talking all types of shit to him and the thing of it is it could be his catacill and it could be supernatural who knows but he had to come into the office in bloody clothes he didn't even go home didn't even take a shower because he had to cut the property of Fortunato out of Ali's chest (laughs) oh and I watched my daughter plunge a knife into her own heart Madeline comes in she doesn't even offer words of comfort more like oh you know how did she get past the security he's like I don't want to talk about the phantom I was right there it wasn't her (laughs) or if it was her I don't know how it happened or he knows it was her because she was talking to him in a way that his daughter was not talking to him and she puts Pim on the case to figure out how this is all connected. She pulls him out of his stupor, though, because at first he was not, mm-mm, he was all shaken. And she's like, the board, Vic had a seat on the board. That's another thing. I'm like, wait a minute, Vic had a seat on the board? <laughs> Camille didn't have no seat on the board. <laughs> Perry wouldn't have a seat on the board. Neither would Leo, if we're being honest. It doesn't seem like Matt, uh, anyone else has a seat on the board is all I'm saying. Uh, so she gets him to focus on protecting their legacy, even though he probably sounds like a madman on the phone to his board reps. Because <laughs> he was not making no sense. And that is how he he was ready to spend the rest of his afternoon until Pim found photos of Verna from all the way back to 1901 with various high profile families, the Vanderbilts, corrupt money, deep pocketed money, uh, money that may have also corrupted the legacies the genetic legacies of those families because if you go back to the kennedys it was not nothing but tragedy going down their line i love that she was standing next to uh mitch who will never die mcconnelly (laughs) i'm like that would explain it because there's no other explanation than he is blowing the devil madeline's finally ready to say hands up even though she gave him the room at that moment. She's like, you know what she said? It was 40 years ago. I don't know how you even forget a conversation like that, even if it was 40 years ago. (laughs) Pam is on the case, even though he explained to Augie, he didn't catch him that day. The whole explanation about Pam and the Antarctica, I felt went over me just a bit, but I think it just was a dated reference that I at the time and since then have not looking into <laughs> looking into <laughs> looked into 
Madeline is, she's a boss ass, but she's so cold. She started talking about the algorithm. This is what we need to bring to the board to keep the board on our side. They love their little pills, but business is business. And that's the only thing that seems to matter for her. And she wants them to, to pick up speed on the AI mapping because that's what she has always been obsessed with because she wants life after death. And it's a lofty goal, but unless you believe in the afterlife, Ain't no life after death for you, girl. Because even if there was, it ain't going to be to where you want to (laughs) go. You ain't going to be hanging out with the Egyptians. That's why you chose the Egyptians. That fits better with your narrative of what could possibly await you versus Christianity, so to speak, where you would be riding the elevator down to one hot ass sauna. And then she goes down to her brother who is back in the basement thinking about their past sins and how it got to this. Probably thinking about how his sister convinced him to do his past sins. And then she's back once again to convince him to kill himself so that he can save the rest of the two children he has, including maybe herself. I'm guessing she has to be included in that because they made the deal, right? Something tells me, though, it wouldn't be that easy. If I could just kill myself, everyone else would not die. I I just get the inclination that that is a fool's hope. Because what is given cannot be taken back unless it was stipulated that Because clearly he got Catacil and that's when she showed up and the children started dying. So I think his death was the impotence to begin the debt to be paid. So you killing yourself doesn't, I don't think, take the debt away. But both Madeline and himself have considered it as a possibility. But considering they're grappling at straws... I can see why (laughs) she would certainly put that out there. And he had that moment of thinking, maybe I should be a father for once and not a coward, but I am a coward. And that is your cross to bear and your children's blood to, to spill. And I think that's all I have to discuss. I gave this episode an 8.9 out of 10. It was still really, really good. We had a really brief scene in the past with Annabelle saying, hey, I'll support you if it's the right thing to do and you're doing it to do the right thing. As well as him agreeing with Augie to testify. Something clearly went wrong because Augie said that he was unemployed. I love that every time he tries to wriggle out a responsibility. Oh, don't be bitter about that. His children show up like, no, this is repenting time only. Better back up off that Roderick bullshit. He also talked about reaching through time and finding the sapphire sapphire gems to put in the eyes. Like I stole this from a queen to gift to his sister for her birthday. I have a feeling those 
jewels are going to come into play at some point. <laughs> All of this Egyptian culture that they're in love with. That's because it supports a lot of their grandiose ideology. I do have feedback. So let's hop into the mailbag. What up, Stina? It's Mimi. This is my feedback for the Fall of the House of Usher, episode 6 of season 1. I still don't know if I'm supposed to be saying the season since it's like a mini-series and it's unlikely going to be a, a second season of the same show. But anyway, I said it. I literally watched this a couple of weeks ago. I watched it before you went on vacation. And I really honestly don't remember much. Um, so this is probably going to be the shortest feedback I've ever sent, ever, in the history of your podcast. <laughs> um, but I do remember it was centered around the death of uh, Timberland. Tamber- Tamberland, I think is how you say your name. And it was a doozy. Um, I will say I feel bad for Juno, and I'm pretty sure that's her name, uh, Roderick. Uh, wife, um, the child bride, because it is clear why he married her. It is absolutely clear because when she was sorting the amount of medication she was getting, like I, I know <laughs> in my profession, um, there are people who have chronic, they have chronic pain and they're, they have been on like certain narcotics like hydrocodone or oxycodone for decades. I mean like years. And even still like the, like maybe 20 milligrams, uh, four times a day, like every six hours. I have never seen someone I mean granted I also work in a hospital a hospital isn't going to give someone that many but I've never even cancer patients that are getting like medication constantly like every four hours at high doses and they have medication in between I've never seen anybody get that much pain medication like how is she still alive is my real question because ain't no way I remember when I um, had I had to get um, I had fibroids and I had a procedure to get them to get them removed. It wasn't necessarily removed. It was like a procedure, like a, a least invasive one where like they shrink over time. And they had me on a PCA pump, and I it was like a continuous one that I could also do demands, but it was only 0.1 milligrams every hour, and I felt like shit. I was always sleepy, and when I would wake up and I was hungry, I would try to eat and I would throw up. As soon as they turned the machine off, in the morning when the doctor came, I was like, I don't want this anymore. Can you turn this off? He's like, sure. He was like, how's your pain? I was like, I haven't pushed it, but honestly, I'd rather have some pain than feel like this. So it it boggles my mind that people can take narcotics and just be okay, because I, I can't. The feeling of being nauseous. I dislike that more than I dislike being in pain. So I I don't know if that makes my pain tolerance high or I just prefer to to suffer through pain than to be nauseous. But throwing up feels awful, and and that's the side effect I got. And it made me sleepy. But it wasn't like sleep sleep. I just felt like I was like 
passing out like when you're drunk like you wake up and you're tired because it's not real sleep so the fact that she can take that much is crazy her pain tolerance or her um tolerance for those pills must be astronomical she probably already had a high tolerance for drugs because she was a drug addict but i mean i know it's ligadone and it's like a made-up um narcotic but still like jesus christ like her counting out all them pills and taking it i was like lord have mercy um like i understood why he would marry her but i was curious to know why she wanted to marry him because it didn't seem like she cared about the money because she sure ain't shopping like i don't know like she's not glitz and glam she's not like cert like she doesn't have all this plastic surgery like it doesn't even look like she has like a fancy like like fake leg it looks like she has like the old school plastic kind it don't even like it's not glammed up it's not fancy like i know with all that money that roger has he can get her a better fucking um, prosthetic leg than that so i was just curious like it didn't make sense to me why she was with him if it wasn't for the money but then we got that speech about her not having a lot of family and then she was like you know he has so many kids like it's like a built-in family so then i realized that she married him thinking that she would finally get the family that she didn't have and his kids treat her like she don't even exist um and then to make matters worse at this um at the little like live presentation tamberlin like threw the fucking microphone at her i'm pretty sure if she's not dead she's pretty fucked up it hit her right in the face she went flying like damn <laughs> i i think out of everyone besides um the, the the granddaughter lenore eleanor eleanor besides eleanor i feel bad for juno because she got the short end of the stick and she's just gonna be on that medication for forever um but the store like us hearing about like tamberlin's relationship her like having that man uh her husband be with all those different women like i don't know it, it reminds me I, i'm sure you've heard of it but um how uh cassie sued diddy for like like it was like sexual abuse physical abuse sex trafficking all this stuff and I don't know why, but the fact that people are shocked and surprised about the way Diddy acts, like, I just assumed he was a shitty, terrible human being, because I stand on this theory that I have, that you cannot, after a certain amount of money, there's no way you can have that much money and be a good person, because whether you're looking the other way or actively being a shitty human there's no there's no way you can have that much money because there's no reason for you to 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 be that rich unless you're greedy what do you keep like what do you need all that money for like there's only so much money you can spend which is why people with the kind of money that the the ushers have and the kind of money that diddy have you got to do ridiculous shit to spend it because how, what are you going to do with it there's only so much shit you can buy after a certain amount of time i feel like you would do crazy shit to keep yourself entertained because what else do you have you know what i'm saying like you're you're able to literally buy anything and everything that you want you're able to um go anywhere do anything go anywhere in the world shit that's why motherfuckers be buying islands like 
What do you need an island for? Absolutely no reason. You just want it. What do you need the fucking Mona Lisa for? I don't need it. I just want it. What else I'm going to spend my money on? Like, exactly. Diddy did that shit. He probably did more. And I'm not surprised at all. Um, Roderick, same thing. Like, I just... <laughs> the whole... I shouldn't say Roderick. The Usher family. The whole family. Like, she probably didn't... Like, you know, once her dad got all that money, she got everything she wanted. So, you know, her... um need for something new just kept got you know larger and then it was like probably you know seeing her husband with someone else probably turned her on and she was like oh okay let's do this even bigger and it just got more and more elaborate um her death was pretty gruesome when the glass but I know um Roderick saw her it was like a jump scare and she was all covered in blood and I was like is that glass and I was like, oh, my God, how is she going to die? That's a terrible way to die. I mean, um, but I can't remember what happened. Oh, oh, yeah, I remember. This is the last thing I want to talk about because I, I remember us both being on the same page about that lady, like, giving them a chance to redeem themselves. Um, and her husband called, and she was like, you should answer that. And he, she, like, threw uh, tam- tambor- Tamberlin through the phone. And it was her husband calling and she didn't answer the phone. She was treating him like crap the whole time, the entire time. So that was her chance to, you know, redeem herself, answer the phone and talk to her husband. But she didn't. And I don't know if them doing the right thing would mean that they didn't die or if maybe they're maybe they would have a chance to save their soul and maybe they won't go to hell and be in purgatory or whatever the hell people do when they die when they're terrible people um but she also got enough she got a chance and she blew it just like her her siblings so i don't know this last who's left oh the oldest the dad um and what he's doing to his wife is pretty shitty so I'm assuming his death is going to have something to do with what he's doing to his wife. Um, and I feel bad for uh, Eleanor, but um, her dad isn't a great person either. So we'll see. Um, I can't wait to jump into the next one to see how he dies. So until next time, love, peace, Harry, some black girl magic. Queen of the couch, Mimi out. That was Queen Mimi's shortest feedback ever, y'all. Shortest feedback ever. 10 minutes, which is the regular feedback time. <laughs> it's her record. It's her record. I-, I agree that many pills in one person cannot possibly be healthy. And how is she shitting? Because that's one thing I do know about narcotics. It causes hella constipation. My aunt also hates narcotics in that same way. She says it just doesn't feel good with her stomach. My mom's not a huge fan. I'm not. I mean, if I'm in pain, give them to me. They don't make me sick the way they make my mom and my aunt sick. So I would rather not just because they're so highly addictive. But if they need to be given to me, I can take them. Um, and you're right. I was going to say, Juno totally just came to this family because Roderick probably, probably fell in love with or convinced her that she would be loved and accepted in his family. And they're like, yeah, that's, that's not going to happen. 
And I know I was pointing out that, you know, how the family views her. I know that's not how she, I know she's not after the money. It's just the kids are going to take a more than just a couple of weeks. And it feels as if it's only been a couple of months since they've been married for them to get their rude feelings out about it. And I'm not saying it's an excuse. It's just a reason it's what's happening. And would things change? I don't know. But I still think that when things are happening only to you and only you and like as far as life things that only people around you are going to understand, eventually you make peace with it. Uh, So maybe in time they would have opened up more because we saw that very short moment where where Tamalin actually did. I assume wealth breeds filth. I did see that about Diddy. And I just, as soon as I saw it, I was like, well, yeah, she looked like she was a 14 year old fucking child when she was under your label. I, I don't like these things don't, I've always thought uh, Diddy was shit. I've been, the minute I saw his ass shaking it up at the Academy Awards, I was like, he ain't shit. He's an ain't shit person. These, the yeah, no, I don't even care if it comes out and it's proven in the court of law. I, I'm, I think that, as you said, a certain amount of wealth, and if you don't have those people, that's why fucking Chris Evans is why I have respect for him, because even though he still went out and married a, a, a preteen, <laughs> being facetious, he was smart enough to move in with his fucking brother, though, because he knew that if you allow yourself, you will get pulled into this other world that isn't that will take you further and further away from the person that you were and the more you're chasing that high of the fame the the shittier it's being and yeah you've got Diddy who's put marketed himself out there in so much and so much no one's gonna take away I think people that that's the sad part especially us black community people um (laughs) we we prop up people for their success, but we don't consider that they might actually still be people that ain't nothing just because they're black and they made it and they're bad. It's like, well, they're black and they made it in the bad. There's white people that make it in the bad. It's like, okay, two wrongs will never make a right. You know, you were taught that lesson as well. <laughs> it's not, it's not like, oh, well this for that. That's not how, let's have neither one of them. But I think it's just that money breeds. Because as you said, the more bored you become, the uh, the less stimulated you become. You're not meant to be where everything is given to you. Then you have absolutely nothing to work for. And you could where most people try to at least invest that money into uh, projects. Everyone's give Bill Gates a lot of shit. He might be doing whatever the fuck, but he at least puts billions, some billions, not some fucking $100,000 billions in towards charity projects for the future. (laughs) There's things you could do with your wealth. But I, I think particularly men, um find themselves running out of ideas that don't extend past their penis their penis and 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 look okay bill burr told me this so i'm gonna listen to a man tell me (laughs) 
what it's like to have a dick. And from what he has spoken of, it's pretty much a fuck it machine all day. Fuck it, fuck it, do it, fuck it, do it, lick it, suck it, do it. It's constant. So if there's no cap to that, yeah, no, they're going to be doing it and a lot. And the better the variety, the more the variety, and then the more tantalizing the variety, i.e. Um, underage girls. Yeah, you go by an island. To me, I'm wondering what the fuck you're doing with, on that island. Because that island has no jurisdiction but you. And that is not a level of power that anyone can have without it corrupting you. I don't believe it otherwise. I simply don't. Just not meant to have all that much. Diddy's got a lot. All of them's got too much. Most of them get caught up in shit. Um, But they don't. All of them don't do it. They get their money. They get their little bit. They retire. They go out to the countryside. <laughs> they don't bother. They surround themselves with family and friends. You can tell the difference between people who get a whole bunch of money and go one way and the others. And, I, and I'm not talking about not just billions or millions. Well, no, actually, I think I would be talking more millions. I think once you get to like the hundred, <laughs> hundreds of millions, and then the billions and trillions. Yeah, you're not, you're not, you're, you're probably a whole bunch of evil. <laughs> Somewhere under the definition of in something, whether it's business or your family, it's something. Sometimes I've seen them with those traditional families, those Indian people. When I say Indian people like that, that sounded so racist. Those Indian moguls. Uh, or the oligarchs and they be having their like wife and kids to put on their legacy. But you know, just damn well, they're not possibly fucking the person that's sitting next to them. Like they haven't fucked them in years and <laughs> on the side, do all this depravity. That's just to put the allure up of I am a decent human being because I have all these things that normal humans do. Let's get off this subject. If you want to send feedback for our next episode, blackercouch.gmail.com, or you can leave a comment below. My social media will be there as well. Like, share, subscribe. Until the next time, peace, hair grease, and black magic. Correct.